I care about statistical scarcity more than positional scarcity. Have I killed fun? Yes. Podcast is going off the rails already. They're they're pop-ups. They're not infield fly balls. These guys told you to get fit by the RA. So wait for Kluber's sale, but pass on Robbie Ray. Hey, real quick, Scott's bummed about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal. Mount Rushmore. Thursday, May 23rd. What's going on? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. We got some two homer games from yesterday. DeGrom and Scherzer getting right. A lot of injuries to update you on. And Garrett Cole is going to be on that thuriometer along with Cole Hamels. Garrett <laughs> Cole Hamels. We got some more before and afters. You missed that, Scott, but we, we have... Uh, oh, it was Domingo Armand Marquez was the before and after. Which one do you like better, Domingo Armand Marquez or Garrett Cole Hamels? Uh, I like, I think Domingo Harman Marquez. Yeah. What is that inspired by? What is that exercise inspired by? There's a category on Wheel of Fortune called before and after. That's, that's oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. That's it. Meant to mess with the contestant's mind. Yeah, but, but Armand Marquez, or Domingo Armand Marquez pitched yesterday, or pitched Tuesday. And Garrett Cole Hamels pitched on Wednesday, and our listeners are loving it, and they sent in some more before and afters. We'll get to that. Your emails at fantasybaseball okay. at cbsi.com. Remember, we have a mailbag show. We're recording Friday afternoon. It's going to air on Monday on Memorial Day. Uh, let's get to some standouts. Scott White, who stood out to you on Wednesday? So many standouts. I think the place I want to start is, uh, is actually with Sean Kelly. How does that sound? <laughs> okay. Sean Kelly. Yeah. A, a save on a second straight day. Uh, so I think it's pretty clear he's the closer again. Who's a Jose Leclerc? Did he work, work the eighth yesterday? Or was it, uh, or was day, it on Tuesday? Two days ago. Eight? Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. 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 So, I mean, he's getting closer probably to reclaiming the role, but Kelly should be finding it in the meantime. And all that Chris Martin talk is yeah, clearly a bunch of hot air. So... All right, so we got a closer there. That's good. That's a standout. We had two guys who doubled on yesterday. Glaber Torres, the great, <laughs> the greatest broadcasting clip in history. Gary Thorne calling Glaber Torres is, I think it was his second home run, and he's just like, "Oh, goodbye, home run." I can't believe this is happening. Like, it's really funny. So try to check it out. Try to look it up. Uh, Glaber Torres has now hit ten home runs in eleven games against the Orioles, the major league record. For home runs in one season against one team is 12. And he's got, I think, seven more games against the Orioles to go. Maybe he'll hit two more today. But again, he's 465 with 10 home runs against the Orioles with six walks to eight strikeouts against everyone else batting 250 with two home runs, five walks, 33 strikeouts. He's been straight up bad against everyone else. But Scott is buying into Glaber Torres. He doesn't buy the Orioles argument. Scott says he's a buy high. I mean, I don't think the color of the other team's uniform is like, you know, he, it's what? not like he's a mad bull responding to the color red. Wait a second. Right? Are like you serious? That doesn't, it's, that's, it's just, 
That's not what the argument what? is. That's not what it is. It's the, well, what's it's the, the argument? The Orioles are terrible. They are the worst pitching. They have literally the most homer-prone pitching staff in baseball history. Ever. That's no. That's Does no other team have any bad pitchers? Like the but five not like worst this. pitchers in the majors are in the Orioles pitching staff. Is that what you're suggesting? I'm saying that they are the worst. And one through okay. five, they are the worst. And they are historically okay. bad. It, it, it's not. It, they're historically bad. Well, I I still don't quite understand the argument unless you're saying he's never going to face a bad pitcher on another team. No, like, I, I'm maybe just... he beat up on bad pitchers, and the Orioles happen to have a lot of bad pitchers. I can understand that argument, but I don't buy the argument that the Orioles pitchers are the only ones he can hit again. I, I I wasn't making that argument. I'm just saying that's what the stats have said. Of course, I think he's better than. 250 with two home runs and 35 games against the rest of the competition, but I am saying that the Orioles are certainly inflating Glaber Torres's value. And currently, the number four second baseman in fantasy, he, he wasn't even top 12 like like a week ago or when before he started assaulting the Orioles again. So that, that's all I'm saying. I mean, he's he's better than again 250 with two homers and 33 strikeouts, and 35 games. Better than that, but I can't yep. ignore the fact that he has beaten up on the worst pitching staff ever. Okay. Well, what I choose to point to with Glaber Torres is that his strikeout rate is way down from a year ago. And his BABIP, at least entering yesterday's game, so let's subtract the two home runs, his BABIP and home run to fly ball rate were about the same as last year. So, uh, you know, maybe he's needed, maybe this hot streak has been a regression, the good kind of regression, to get him where he should have been all along. I am... I am not super skeptical of what he's doing right now. Okay. Top four second baseman at the moment, and that's obviously a pretty bad position. And uh, batting 302 now with 12 home runs, also three steals for Glaber Torres. The other double donger was Eloy Jimenez. That was really nice to see. His batted bro- uh, ball pro- profile is pretty bad. 26.7% hard contact rate. I don't know how moved I should be by this two-homer game. But it was nice. One of the you home runs. You should bring a tear to your eye. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you, one thing I, I guess I didn't realize was that even in the minor leagues, Jimenez is kind of a. I'll, I'll double check, but according to his fan graphs page, ground ball hitter. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What, That's where, something he and Vladimir Guerrero had in common, I think, in the minors, and it's it's you know carried over to their rookie season. So, what do you make of it? What do you make of this good game from Eloy Jimenez, who's had an otherwise bad season? I mean, he has five strikeouts in three games since returning from the IL. I said it right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I make much of a two-homer game in isolation. He still seems like he's striking out too much, given the kind of hitter he's supposed to be. You know, it's not like he was supposed to be an all-or-nothing slugger. Uh, he's probably not going to walk a lot. So he, he needs to get hits in other ways and uh, hasn't shown many signs of breaking through and doing that. I, I still think, uh, you know, anything but a points league, probably he's worth rostering for the upside. And there's nothing wrong with rostering in the points league either. It's just not necessarily a must in that format. All right. So I'm going to guess that you and Heath are pretty different on your Eloy Jimenez ranking. So no, he's moved him down to 38. I don't know if he's going to move him, but he updated his rankings yesterday. You have Eloy 42nd at outfield. So guys like Gregory Polanco and Fran Mil Reyes, Yasiel Puig ahead of him. Um, is Aaron Hicks ahead of Eloy Jimenez? 
Scott? Off the top of my head, yeah. I can't remember if he is in Roto, but in points, he probably is, yeah. He certainly is in points leagues. Okay, so we need to see a little bit more from Eloy Jimenez. You know what we need to see from Eloy? Just maybe a three-game set against the Orioles. We'll get him going. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Sunday, if you're not doing anything, hey, you, like, what are you doing on Sunday? You got Monday off. It's Memorial Day. Why don't you head on over? Come on, hang out with us on CBS Sports HQ. Download the CBS Sports app on your Roku. Apple TV, Amazon Fire, whatever it is. You can watch CBSSportsHQ.com. We're going to be on likely from 3 to 7 p.m. And Scott and I, I think, are the first half. Kreeth the second half. But check us out, doing some video stuff, having fun. And reading your tweets, by the way. Go to Sportsline.com if you want more great fantasy analysis like uh, the rest of the Aces column. Also, gambling advice, that's primarily what Sportsline is. Sportsline.com, you want your first month for a dollar, use the promo code PITCH. And we're on Spotify. So if you have Spotify, please follow us on Spotify. You can listen to our podcast or just help us kind of move up the charts because we were late to the party on Spotify, and uh, I want to be a little bit more visible there. It is Thursday. I'm a worrywart, a thurrywart. Let's get the thurriometer out for Garrett <laughs> Cole Hamels. I'm going to guess we're a zero on Garrett Cole. He got rocked last night, six home runs. Or, <laughs> Six runs on two home runs. Six home runs. <laughs> we might be a little, a little more than a zero if that were the case. But for Garrett Cole, four eleven ERA. Uh, that's really the only thing that jumps out. Everything else is amazing. Are you the home yeah. runs are a little high? Are you concerned at all? Where are you? Zero to ten on the thuriometer here on Thursday. The worryometer for Garrett Cole. The home runs are a lot high. Is is uh, he is. Uh, home runs per nine is almost twice what it was last year. So preventing long balls was a big part of his, uh, a big key to his success a year ago. But the thing is, the fly ball rate is actually down this year. Um, you look at his Sierra and XFIP, they both have him for like a 250 ish ERA as opposed to 411. So uh, it's a zero. It's a zero. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> 17 walks to 100 strikeouts. Is that the best? Let me see if that's the best strikeout-to-walk ratio in baseball. Uh, yes. Oh, no. It's just uh, Blake Snell, 31.4%. Garrett Cole, 31.3%. Uh, let me, Blake Snell, look at that. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let, me read, uh, no more. let me read the top 10 here. You're going to just love number four. Blake Snell is one. Okay. This is walk to strikeout ratio. Walk to strikeout ratio. That's a nice clickbaity headline, by the way. You're gonna love number. Okay, yeah. God, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're never gonna guess who's number four on this list. Okay, so here, let's go through the slideshow. Blake Snell's number one on a uh, walk to strikeout ratio, strikeout to walk ratio, and this is a pretty good. This is usually a list populated with great pitchers. Snell, Cole, Sale, Scherzer's five. Who do you think is four? I'm looking forward to loving it. All right, Caleb Smith. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Caleb Smith, good. Scherzer, yeah, no. Verlander, Carrasco, Strasburg, Ryu, Glasnow. That's your top ten. Matthew Boyd, Jacob DeGrom. This is a, a list of great pitchers for the most part. Or, no, great pitchers. Okay. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Cole Hamill, Scott. There used to be that, there used to be that Bartolo Colon sneaking in there. <laughs> that, uh, well, it's not all great pitchers, but now that he's out of the way. No, this yeah. is, Tyler Malley's in number 19. Brandon Woodruff's number 20. We talked about them on the Aces uh, piece yesterday. So maybe there's something to mm. it with those guys. Back to the thuriometer and Cole Hamels. Three runs on nine hits in four innings against the Phillies. 
And overall, you know, solid numbers. Whips a little high, 1.26, but a strikeout per inning, a 338 ERA. Last six starts have been rough. Only two quality starts, only two starts of more than five and a third. Uh, you know, still, still only a 386 ERA, but just hasn't really put together a lot of good starts. Cole Hamels. And next week is at Houston and at St. Louis. Zero to ten on the worryometer for Cole Hamels. Uh, Cole Hamels, I'd put maybe about a three. Uh, I'm not sure I would have characterized it the way you did. I guess he hasn't had a lot of great starts recently, but he's been mostly fine. He allowed, in this start, zero home runs and had 18 swinging strikes. Uh, he's been really good at getting ground balls, so really good at home run prevention, kind of surprisingly this year. Uh, I don't really have any concerns about him. I think he's I think he's basically must-start. I'd be fine rolling him with him for the, the two matchups next week. All right. It's going to be at Houston and at St. Louis. And good luck to you, Cole Hamels. So, Scott, let's get a prospects update. I've been getting a lot of emails about C.J. Crone's brother. It was Kevin Crone, right? Kevin Crone, son of Chris Crone, who manages in the AAA Reno. So baseball bloodlines here Wow, for Kevin Crone. And yet he's been passed over at 26 years old and beating up on AAA five straight seasons with 20-plus home runs. And he's already there this year. This is the fifth straight. wonder how much the new ball has to do with that. Wow. Uh, but it's just it's just an unfortunate profile. He's a big-bodied corner infielder. Uh, so, you know, there's no possibility of putting him in another position. And that's how that's how you get guys like Christian Walker and Daniel Vogelbach this year. It's just, it's just hard to find a place to put those guys. Um, you know, I guess it's possible if Christian Walker slumps much longer that Kevin Crone will overtake him, but I'm not betting on it because I think Christian Walker's pretty good. So, you know, he's played some third base, Crone has. I don't think he's a real option there, and obviously Eduardo Escobar isn't going anywhere. Um, but, yeah, Kevin Kevin Crone's the minor league leader in home runs, and if he were to get a shot, I think he could surprise in fantasy. I just don't see, barring injury, I just don't see a great chance of that. I actually don't even know what organization he's in. Oh, he's in the Diamondbacks organization. Okay. Uh, he's slugging 800. And one thing I'll say about Crone is just looking at his minor league track record, a lot of power, a lot of power. Plate discipline, much, much better. I'm not sure if you said that. Much better this year. 27 walks and 33 strikeouts. Uh, like but thanks for paying attention. You did say that? I didn't, no. Oh. But thanks for paying attention. <laughs> but you could have figured out from contextual clues what organization he's in. Uh, maybe. Yes, I was. I was really blown away by his <laughs> by his stats page. So, who are the other prospects okay. that that we need to uh, pick? To, we need to stash right now. I texted Scott the other night. I said, "Yo, when's Cavin uh, Biggio gonna get called up?" And Scott said, "I'm surprised he hasn't been called up already." So I am now on a like a three dollar bid in a two hundred and fifty dollar fab league. I got Biggio. I'm excited about that. Let's hope he comes up. Who else should we be stashing? <laughs> He's probably sixth on my list, so he didn't make the column this week. But um, <laughs> just because, I mean, he hasn't shown much power recently. Like, it's not like he's he's streaking his way to the majors. He's not, you know, he's kind of cooled off. But um, yeah, my the top choice is obviously Jordan uh, Jordan Alvarez, who homered again yesterday. He's two home runs behind Kevin Crone for the major league lead. Uh, the problem is Kyle Tucker's on this list for me now too, and has completely turned his season around his numbers over the last six weeks, as good as they were last year. And I, 
I'm not positive, but my guess is if an opening were to develop, they would go to him first because he's already on the 40-man roster. And Alvarez isn't. But I could be wrong about that. Alvarez does have the exciting numbers overall. Um, they're both on that list. Zach Gallen of the Marlins, he's still on that list. Uh, it, though, it's, this is an interesting stat. For as bad as the Marlins have been, they've used the same five starting pitchers all year. Uh, Zach Gallen, were that to change, he'd almost certainly be the guy in getting called up to replace him. But he's not on the 40-man either, so I guess if it's just a one-turn scenario, maybe not. Uh, and then uh, I also like uh, Jesus Lazardo, who still hasn't pitched this year technically, but he is set to face live batters this weekend, so he continues to progress from a strained rotator cuff. And finally, my fifth choice for right now is Luis uh, Arania, or I'm sorry, um, Arias. Oh man, Arias, Arias, yeah, Luis Arias. What is that name? Yeah, Luis Arias, <laughs> who is up to like a dozen homers, has a 1200 OPS. At Triple A, and that's not, like he wasn't even thought to be a power prospect, but he's clearly bringing the power right now. And Ian Kinsler is not in the majors, so it's only a matter of time before that which happens. Hopefully, permanently this time. Well, Ian Kinsler is now going to curse at you when he hits his next home run. Uh, since you, I hope you get that reference. Since you just dissed his power, uh, Kyle Tucker is forty percent owned. Jordan Alvarez fifty-seven percent owned. Zach Gowan twenty-seven percent. Luis Arias twenty-six percent. And I did not have time to look up Jesus Lazardo, um, but Kevin Biggio is actually only 17% owned, which is probably why I was able to pick him up in that league. We got some big news for you. Giancarlo Stanton was removed. It's like, how do you get a calf strain by getting hit by a pitch in the calf? It's so weird. Uh, he's going to be shut down. Maybe for... trying to dodge it? That's maybe <laughs> not the most nimble guy. Uh, he... Stanton's going to be shut down for a week to 10 days. And reevaluated after that. Oh, probably should have talked about this earlier, Scott. I'm sorry. Wade Davis is on the IL with an oblique injury, and Scott Oberg will be the primary closer for the Colorado Rockies. So, what is your take there? He's a disgrace to the name, Scott. He actually has a good ERA, but like not missing enough bats. <laughs> the FIP is over four. Um, he wouldn't be my choice. You want to be my choice. Mm-hmm. It would be your choice. You added somebody to our team without my permission, by the way. Sure. I, I think it was Carlos Estevez, right? Yes, it was Carlos Estevez. Kind of speculating there. Well, Oberg yeah. was already picked up. And we own Wade Davis, which is why I thought it was important to get someone there. And this was before I saw the report that Oberg was going to get the saves. Estevez yeah. has a better profile, a, a worse CRA. Um, but I dropped... Yoenis Cespedes, so I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna need Yoenis Cespedes anymore. So I, I assume, I assume, and I probably should have had his name ready if I was gonna interject like this. Man, I'm having a hard time with names today. The former Cardinals closer who pitched for the Blue Jays last he's year. He's been now terrible for the Rockies. Senwano, he's been yeah. absolutely okay. terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I assume he wasn't an option. No, he he yeah. was an option. Okay. I don't think he's been picked up, but he's got a 9.60 ERA. So. I just yeah, don't see. Not an option for the Rockies. Oh, for the Rockies, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so Scott Oberg. And it might not be, like, it's it's an oblique injury. It might not be a long-term one for Wade Davis. So I don't think we're going to be super high on Scott Oberg right now. 
Robinson Cano left with a quad strain that could certainly be an IL stint. Omar Narvaez is day-to-day with a bruised knee. He is the number six catcher in points, number five in Roto. Although I feel like he should be number five in points, number six in Roto. Maybe I messed that up. George Springer sat again with back tightness. He is apparently making progress. Elvis Andrews should be back on Saturday. Christian Yelich hopes to play tomorrow. J.D. Martinez, I thought he sat with an illness. It turns out he had a sore back. So he missed now, I think, three straight games with either an illness or a sore back. Two games with an illness, sore back yesterday. Maybe he had a cough and he hurt his back coughing. Just That's a joke. Willie Calhoun is on the IL with a quad strain. Uh, that'll keep Hunter Pence in the lineup for sure. David Peralta sat, so got to keep an eye on him. Javier Baez is back. And right now, Chris Davis is not yet on the IL. He still could happen. Mark Canna DH'd and started again, and he homered again in place of Chris Davis. We are going to take a quick break on Fantasy Baseball today. We've got a few bullpen notes, a Manny Machado note, buy low, sell high, buy high, and a lot more trade talk right after this. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Scott, let's take a look at the bullpen now. So you mentioned Sean Kelly. He's 29% owned. You can pick him up. Uh, a little annoyed about Matt Barnes. He pitched the eighth again. I know he gave up a run, but they the funny thing is the Red Sox bullpen was supposed to be their weakness. They actually have some pretty good options there, but yeah, I, I'm annoyed about Matt Barnes. Again, not getting a save chance. And then I think Brazier pitched the 11th, so it's... It's it's a leverage thing. I mean, I, I still think Barnes is the first option there, but just another bullpen where you can't count on any one guy to get a big save total. Marcus Walden ended up getting the save chance, and he blew it in the ninth. Josh Hader once again got the save. That's 12 for him. Jeremy Jeffress pitched the eighth. Uh, and Sean Doolittle, his ERA went up from 171 to 343. His whip from 119 to 133. He's actually even had, like, he's had a great year before giving up four runs without recording it out yesterday. Uh, but some mm-hmm. bad luck, I'd say, because he had a 321 BABIP with a, with a hard contact rate that was actually lower than last year, and he's actually getting more fly balls than ground balls. So I, I think Sean Doolittle's probably just fine, right? I think so. This is six earned runs in his past three appearances, though, so... You know, the ERA's gone up even more dramatically than that. Four of the three of the four runs yesterday were on a home run, Roger Davis, which, um, you know, you could take as good news or bad news, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But I think he's going to be fine. I'm not, I don't think they're looking to replace him. I'm not looking to bench him. I think it'll be okay. And the way I look at it is like Sean Doolittle obviously said Roger Davis was not even with the team by first pitch. He showed up 
in like the third inning or something like that, which is true. I, I don't remember specifically when he showed up, but he just got called up because Nimmo's on the IL. There's no way Rajay Davis, who hit one home run last year, is going to homer off of me. I'm going to throw him a cookie, and he underestimated the great Rajay Davis. Scott, I was looking at your rankings last night. Manny Machado is oh. your number eight shortstop. So let's talk about Machado. After we talk about Machado, I'm going to get a buy low, a sell high, and a buy high from you. And I'm going to do more buy low and sell high after that. This is a Thursday show. This is a trade show. But Machado, entering yesterday's game, had a 381 slugging percentage at home. All of those fears about the ballpark have come true. Basically just not being in Canem Yards. And shortstop's really good. So you've, yeah. you've obviously it's moved him left. down. Okay, okay. So like it's, it's more the latter. I got tired of seeing Carlos Correa down at eight, so I had to put somebody else there. It's it's eight, but if we were redrafting today, he'd probably be like a fourth-round pick for me. Okay, because he's been so, pretty, I don't want to say bad, but I don't know. I mean, OPS under 800 and no steals, or I think one steal. So he's been kind of bad overall. He's on pace for more than 30 homers. And, um, but the biggest, uh, so, you know, it's, let's not overstate it. The biggest issue for me is that he's striking out far more than ever. Like his entire career, even going back to his rookie season, he's striking out more than that. And that shouldn't be a ballpark thing. I, I'm skeptical that's going to continue. And if it does, obviously his batting average is going to go up. His BABIP is, is normal. Um, the home run pace is pretty normal, like I said. So I think he's going to be okay. Uh, but I'd rather have Carlos Correa. I'd rather have Adalberto Mondesi, who I also moved ahead of him. Right, and then, that's that's where I'm at with Manny Machado. Right behind Machado is Bogarts, Jorge Polanco, Paul DeYoung. This is a points league, and so Elvis Andrews in a roto league. Would you take Andrews or DeYoung over Manny Machado? No, I'd still take Machado. I'm not ready to give them those two that kind of benefit of the doubt that we're replacing them with. What had been a perennial first, second round type hitter. Right. Here's a weird stat for Machado. I mean, he's been really bad against righties this year, which is not typical for him. But slugging 342, he has a 1536 OPS against lefties. And you hear it all the time. I talk about the NL West consistently sees the most lefties. Here are the leaders in at bats against lefties number one, Colorado. Number two, the Dodgers. Number three, Arizona. Number four, San Francisco. Number 27 is San Diego. They're the team that doesn't see the lefties so far. They do have lefties in their <laughs> rotation. Uh, they have yeah. Strom and Lauer. I can't think off the top of my head like this. But I, I expect them to start seeing more left-handed pitchers. It's weird that they're 27th and the other four teams are. I, I don't even four. know how you find that stat, but that's interesting. I go to ESPN.com, their stats page, and then they have splits if you just look at the team stats versus lefties. Uh And you should not look at the team that has scored the most runs versus lefties because it's not per game. Uh, You should probably look at OPS if you want to see the teams that do the best against lefties, but you could also just sort by at-bats. Not plate appearances, unfortunately, but by at-bats. Also, Manny Machado has a career-high hard contact rate. Just wanted to bring that up. Let's do some buy lows. I'm glad I gave you an opportunity to plug ESPN.com. That was was so kind of me. Yes, I use CBS all the time. All right, Scott, buy low, sell high, (laughs) buy high. 
Uh, I was going to talk about Heath's regression candidates. Uh, I'll wait till he's back tomorrow. So give me some. Uh, give me a buy low, Scott White. So um, I, I don't have that ready to go here. So I'm going off the top of my head here. But I, I do think I do think Jack Flaherty is a good buy low uh, because the swinging strike rate is good and. Um, I th- unless it's changed recently, the walk rate had been better than last. Like, that was his biggest problem last year was walk. Uh, and I guess that's kind of normalized, so not so much. But he has had bad home run, run luck, I feel like. Um, and there's better days ahead. I think Jack Flaherty's a good candidate. As much help as you need at starting pitcher. I know we turned down an offer for him recently in the, in the podcast for the People League at him, but that wasn't exactly a case of somebody selling low on them they were looking for full price yeah no need for that we're not doing that all right so jack flaherty is a good buy low candidate sell high i i put austin riley down he's homered again (laughs) 367 four home runs in eight games one walk to 10 strikeouts so it reminds me a little bit of pete alonzo who is still homering but He's been batting in like the yeah. low 200s for. I, I mean, if he's beat Alonso, that's great. <laughs> I, I probably uh, won't be. Alonso's been great, but the batting average has gone way down for Alonso as the strikeouts yeah. are catching up with him. But, right. You know, right. And I just think right, there's a lot right. of hype and, right and, now. Take advantage. Like, R- Riley, throughout his minor league career, was a high strikeout guy. This year was an exception. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes back to striking out a lot at the majors, and that—that that is, you know, you. Not everybody has Alonzo level power. Uh, I hesitate there because Baseball Reference actually gave them both a 70 rating for power, which is very high prior to this season. But obviously, um, you know, there, there's, there is no reason to be totally sold on Riley as this must-start player yet after only. A little more than a week in the majors, so I would agree that's a sell high possibility. Would you trade Austin Riley for Josh Donaldson? That's what my rankings say. Yeah, I would. Okay, I would. Uh, do you have another sell high? Or you want to move to buy high? Uh, let's let's move to buy high. Who you got for me, Adam? <laughs> I don't have anyone. I'll, I'll give you a. Th- <laughs> this is your second. You don't have anyone. Okay, I was counting on you. All okay. right, how, how's this one? How's this? Rafael Devers, buy high. Yeah, buy high. He's up to six in the third base. Uh, he's been the sixth best third baseman now in points leagues, ahead of even Matt Chapman, who has had, who's done some really impressive things this year. I, I think it's all coming together for Devers. I think this is it. I think the breakout is happening before our eyes. It's 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 kind of been a piecemeal thing because the walks and the walk rate and strikeout. Rate were both greatly improved from the start, but the fly ball rate was way, way down. Well, that's normalized here in May. He is back to elevating the ball like past years, and um, it's resulted in four home runs in his past five games. I think it is. No, ho- yeah, no home runs in three straight. He's over to three straight, up yeah. to six now. Yeah, I think I. You know, the six stolen bases, I don't know what to make of that. Is six for nine, so I'm not sure that's going to continue. But average and power, um, yeah, I, I 
I, I probably need to figure out how to move him up my rankings because he's not nearly as high as I'm talking him up to be. Third base is a deep position, but he is among those who I think we're going to consider must start the rest of the way. All right, how about this for a buy high? It's kind of an interesting one. Ronald Acuna. I believe that if people aren't paying attention and don't realize the splits, he's led off like 10 straight games now or 12 straight games. And I think there will be steals. Whereas if he were, well, I guess the question is, is he going to continue? Is Acuna going to continue to lead off? Because I think if Acuna does continue to lead off, you are going to get a guy who's, you know, on a, maybe like a 20 steal pace or something like that. He'll, he'll help you with stolen bases. If he bats in the middle of the lineup, he definitely won't. I think we have enough of a sample size to know that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, do you agree with that premise, and do you think that he'll stay at the top of the order? He just seems to be better as a leadoff hitter. He's three steals he does in 12 seem games. To. I, don't, I don't think it's, it makes for the optimal lineup for the Braves to have him there, so I hesitate to say that definitely will happen. I think it partly depends on how, how well Austin Riley... Uh, keeps up his production. Because there's just too many on-base guys to let them all fall in the hands of Nick Markakis mm-hmm. driving them in. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I think at this point it's fair to say fantasy owners would like to see him bat leadoff when that wasn't totally for sure, you know, given the RBI possibilities of him batting cleanup before. Yeah, the, the ironic thing is he has nine RBIs in 12 games as a leadoff hitter because he's batting 327 and slugging 612, but Acuna has attempted five steals batting leadoff and he, he attempt in 12 games. In 36 games batting fourth, he attempted two steals. So, yeah, it's, and there's it's no a big reason deal. for that. Like I I think that's Acuna's decision based on the comments Stitcher was making this spring. I could be wrong about that. I it's just weird because you'd rather get caught stealing with bad hitters behind you than with good hitters behind you. So you know it's it's a bigger risk running from the leadoff spot. I don't I don't know why that is. I don't know why he's doing that. But it, it it's you know two years in a row now. Scott making a subtle quasi and certainly unintentional Jane's addiction reference there. Been caught stealing. <laughs> okay, are we considering selling high? I'm going to give you four huge standouts this year. They've been total studs, and I want you to tell me if we should sell high on them. And I want you to tell me if we should sell high on them after this quick break. Be right back. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Should we sell high on the fel- on the following players? Anthony Rendon. He has just under an 1,100 OPS. He's having his Probably his best season. I mean, he's just been amazing. He's definitely having his best season. Uh, but in the final 90 games of last season, Rendon got, had a 981 OPS. So he got off to a slow start and turned it around. Would you sell high on Rendon or just just keep him and ride it out? I'd keep him and ride it out. Yeah, he's he'd be a third-round pick for me if we were drafting today. And I'm not sure he shouldn't be a second-round pick. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a really good player. Hot take in a points league. Cause keep in mind, Rendon has great plate discipline, 17 walks, 24 strikeouts in 45 games. I think he's a first round caliber player. He was better in points leagues on a per game basis than Nolan Arenado last year. Right. So there's no reason to draft him that way because nobody thinks of him that way. Right. But yeah. You're, you're not wrong. All right, how about J- Joey Gallo? <laughs> uh, let me see if I can get, get the... There we go. In the shallow, shallow. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Joey Gallo, he's batting two ninety three. He has a 60.7% hard contact rate. That is ridiculous. Even for a guy who always hits the ball hard, that is, like, out of this world. He is a four oh six BABIP. But it's obviously a breakout year for Joey Gallo, who is one of the top hitters in fantasy so far, 11-13 OPS, and a career-high 19% walk rate. Uh, sell high or uh, no thanks, guy, on Joey Gallo? <laughs> <laughs> nice I, I don't think he's this good. Like We were hoping for a 240-250 batting average right now. It's 293. His BABIP is 406. So it's going to have to come down some. Now, he could be, he could go from being a low BABIP guy, about 250 the previous two years, to like a high BABIP guy, 350, because he is, you know, he, he's actually uh, lowered his rate of fly balls in a significant way. He has one of the best line drive rates in baseball, and that's how you get hit. That's how you get a high BABIP. That's how you get hits on balls in play. So he is doing a much better job of that in a way I think he might just be able to sustain, but even so, it shouldn't lead to a batting average this high. Having said that, um, I I don't think anybody was disappointed in the player they got, you know, a week ago when he was hitting 260 or whatever. Right. Well, 260. So I'm I not take. sure. I'm <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure the 30 points of batting average is making a big difference in people's evaluation of Gallo. Um, as, you know, elite, must-start, thrilled-to-have-him-in-your-lineup kind of guy. Sure, but, I, I mean, as a Gallo owner, I'm certainly afraid that he's going to hit 210 the rest of the season. He's got that history. It's not outside the realm of possibility. I would bet against it. Uh, but I... Look, if you are in a Roto League and you have a 20-homer lead or something, maybe not even that high, but you're in first place by a lot, you know, maybe that's a good that's a good excuse to trade Gallo for somebody who's a little safer in other categories. Would you rather have Gallo or Bryce Harper? Um, <laughs> thinking about it, huh? 
I know what my rankings say. I take Harper. I, I am, yeah. I even, guess. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, even I'm when not Harper... sure. I'm not sure they're not the same player at this point, except Gallo hits the ball harder. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. But obviously, Harper has a much better track record with strikeouts than he's showing us now. Cody Bellinger, number one player in fantasy, or number one hitter in fantasy, at least. Uh, any reason to sell high on him? So, like, all of these guys have unsustainable rates, you know, like 400 BABIPs and whatnot. But yeah. Of course, you know, but but still, but Bellinger's actually hitting 400. So. Yes, right, 394 yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, duh. Like those <laughs> rated, those those numbers normalize. He's oh, he's going to be only a 315 hitter instead. So just um, keep him. Just keep it, Bellinger. If we were redrafting, I did this exercise on in a, in a column uh, Monday. If we were redrafting today, he'd be the second pick. Wow. So, Wow. Okay. So I I think I'd probably take bets over Bellinger. I think, but I can't really argue with you here. Um, I take I think I take uh, Bellinger over Jose Ramirez. He's, he's running. He's running more than Bet. His strikeout rate is now about the same as Bet. Um. Yeah. yeah I, I know, mean, but... I guess it's possible that that changes. Obviously, but those are the strikeout rate in particular is something. You know, I trust a little more than obviously batting average at this point in the season. But Mookie Betts has had so two it's... MVP caliber seasons. You know, we're we're still fifty season, fifty games into this season. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and Mookie Betts would be the fourth pick for me. I also moved Yelich ahead of him. Right, uh, but that's that. It's it's you know, Bellinger is clearly a better power hitter, I think, than Mookie Betts, and it, it's hard to find where he lags behind Mookie Betts. Uh, unless you know, there's just a, a an all around regression to the mean, and not just uh, uh, here's where he's been lucky. He'll regress to the he'll, here's where he'll been lucky, so therefore he'll regress to the mean. Kind yeah, of right. No, I mean he 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 does run. The plate discipline is amazing. One walks to strikeout. You know, twenty nine of each, and he's hit lefties well, which was something he was terrible at last mm-hmm. year. He's batting three fifty five against lefties, and guess what? The Dodgers have faced a lot of lefties. Uh, and finally, Josh Bell. Josh Bell is the number four hitter in fantasy. He homered again yesterday. This power is uh, looking legit. I, what do you think? Would you sell high on Josh Bell? If he, I would trade him for Anthony Rizzo. I would trade him, I think, for Paul Goldschmidt. I think I would do that. But the fact that we're having to, that I'm you know hesitating about it, shows obviously how how high he's come up the rankings for me and how highly I regard him now. Uh, if, if it's just, you're worried about him no longer being a must start first baseman. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the BABIP is too high and the batting average is going to come down some, but the power gains, I mean, his home run pace will probably slow too, but not enough that he's going to be somebody you ever think about sitting. I think this breakout is one of the truer breakouts we've seen here in the early going Gallo or bell rest of season. I rank. I I think I rank Bellhead. You do. Way to know your rankings, Scott White. All right, all right. So those were some guys that you could consider selling high, but you probably shouldn't unless you get something like completely great for Gallo or Bell or something. But we we are more or less buying it. Are we sure we're buying low on these two players? Only two players here, and they're both on the same team, and they are Matt Carpenter and Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Carpenter is oh, okay. the number 23 first baseman in points leagues, number 42 in Roto. 
Goldschmidt is 17th in points, 18th in Roto. Goldschmidt does have a career-high hard contact rate. I I think he's going to turn it around. His strikeout rate is up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carpenter, yeah. I'm less certain. Like I don't know. I don't think he's going to get on that heater like he had last year. I know there's a hot streak coming. I don't expect it to be as mm-hmm. epic as it was last season. But, yeah, are we sure we're buying low on Carpenter and Goldschmidt? I'm actually more confident we're buying low on Carpenter than Goldschmidt. Obviously, Carpenter is, uh, you know, there's a lower standard for him to meet, and he's been more useless so far. So that's, you know, I'm not saying Carpenter's better than Goldschmidt. I just think the price. I'm more confident he's going to, for the, for the cost, he's going to be worth it. Okay. But, yeah, Goldschmidt. Okay, what? No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I know what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Goldschmidt. Uh, yeah. That, that strikeout rate. And look, it looked terrible last May. It looked worse than this last May. And obviously, he came roaring back. And that, I, you know, I think that's fair to include that in your assessment because, you know, other, you're obviously dealing with a smaller sample size than ideal here. But he didn't get the strikeout rate all the way back last year. It's even worse this year. His profile's always depended on high babbits, and that's. That's a little scary. Um, uh, it's the batting average is the main thing I'm worried about. Is he going to be just like a 260 hitter, or is he going to be 290, 300? And uh, with all the depth at first base, I think it probably makes a difference for him. Yeah, uh, I'm still betting on him, but I'm not totally confident. He's you know he's on the wrong side of 30 now. This this could be the start of him beginning to slow down. Okay. But you do think that Goldschmidt will start hitting for some power. He has 10 home runs. I mean, that's not bad. But you think... No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. More than, on pace for more than 30. Yeah. yeah it's it's it still hard feel to like evaluate it. that. It feel, it's weird. It doesn't feel I, like I mean, there, there's a couple reasons why it's hard to evaluate. This is shaping up to be another record-setting season in home runs. So what does 30 home runs even mean anymore? Right. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And then two... There, it's still early enough that there's guys on pace for more than 60, you know, and and that uh, those paces obviously aren't going to last, and it makes somebody who's only on pace for 30 something look bad by comparison. But uh, so there's going to be some normalization there. I, you know, as long as Goldschmidt keeps that this pace, he should be fine in terms of power production. I think there are about I just I just did this while you were talking there about 40 hitters who have hit more than 10 home runs. So he's got 10 home runs, Paul Goldschmidt. He's currently outside the top 40 in home runs. If he had 11, he'd be you know, in the top 30 or right around 30th, but it is what it is. Okay, uh, Scott, we've got to kind of blow through the rest of the show because so, uh, we got a late start. I apologize. We're going to do a shorter yeah. episode No, today. you shouldn't apologize. It's my fault. <laughs> We're going through growing pains trying to work new equipment. In. Yeah, it's my exactly. fault and everybody's mad at me. No, it's okay. And... No. So we'll we'll save the before and afters for tomorrow, like Josh Harrison Bader and Christian Walker Bueller. And uh, I'll give you the rest of what we need to know from yesterday. Uh, The Angels had a game postponed for the third time since 1995 in their home ballpark. The White Sox had a grand slam and turned a triple play in the same game for the first time in franchise history. The Marlins have won five straight. The Indians DFA'd uh, Carlos Gonzalez. Jeff McNeil sat with hamstring tightness. Yandy Diaz sat with a hand injury. Uh, Devers is homered in three straight games, as we mentioned. Jesus Aguilar has sat three straight games for Eric Thames. Kirby Yates has 20 saves, 
as a, uh, an, a writer for The Athletic pointed out, 20 saves for Kirby Yates is more than the amount of wins for five teams in baseball. Baltimore acquired Keon Broxton from the Mets, and the Mets, again, they called up Rajay Davis as they put Brandon Nimmo on the IL. CeCe Sabathia is probably going on the IL to deal with his knee, which has been bothering him for like four years. Vince Velasquez is close to returning, but he's not guaranteed a rotation spot when he comes back. Vince Velasquez. Pedro Strope threw a successful bullpen session. Daniel Stump uh, beat Sandy Alcantara in a national anthem standoff. They stayed out on the field until long after the anthem was over in the Marlins-Tigers game, and Daniel Stump won because Alcantara was being threatened to be ejected from the game, and he had to go in the game. I was hoping it was the singing competition. No, just standing out there. It was pretty funny, actually. Okay, I got some deep (laughs) league uh, stuff for you. Tell me if you're interested in these two. I've got two hitters and five pitchers. Dexter Fowler's 9% owned, and he has a 413 on base percentage, and he plays every day for the Cardinals, Dexter Fowler. And Rowdy Telez is 16% owned, and he has three home runs in his last two games. Doesn't play every day, but plays a lot. Fowler and Telez. In a deeper league scenario, I think Fowler could emerge as more. He has, uh, you know, other, other than the home run pace, which is a little low, all, all his other numbers look great. High, high line drive rate. So I don't know that the batting average he's putting up is entirely fluky. Um, Telez has playing time issues and really just does the one thing, hits home runs. So that's that's a tougher fit. But obviously in a deep enough league, it's, you know, home runs are obviously a good thing. Let's go to the rotation. Do you have anything to say about Scherzer or DeGrom? No. They're both great. Scherzer especially, like, if you can buy low on him, then you're probably playing with a bunch of novices. But it's it's <laughs> worth a try because yeah. the win-loss record and ERA both don't make any sense. Two wins. Uh, the reason why it makes a little bit of sense is because the Nationals' bullpen is awful, and they blew it again from yesterday. So keep that in mind. But Scherzer and DeGrom are, are obviously elite. All right, so then how about – do you have anything to say about Luis Castillo, who said he just didn't have any trust in his changeup yesterday and he got hammered for it? Anything to say about Castillo? He, no. I mean, the whole the walks are higher than ideal, but like he he gave up two home runs yesterday, and that shouldn't be something that happens very often because his ground ball rate is through the roof, <laughs> like sixty percent. It's huge. Okay, so he's good. All right, Castillo. So then, how about ranking these next three in the rotation? Frankie Montas, Rich Hill, and Max Fried. All very good starts yesterday. Frankie Montas, Rich Hill, Max Freed. Uh, I would go Montas. I think Freed ahead of Hill. But that's a close call. Montas is the one. Like, my most regrettable statement, I think, of this season is that I'm not buying into Frankie Montas. I don't really see it. Because since then, he is just, he has gone crazy. Five of his past six starts, double-digit swinging strikes, his best swinging strike games of the year. And it just seems to keep getting better. I think it was 18 yesterday, including uh, 11 on 24 splitters. Wow. I'm just going off memory here, but that splitter's been a game-changer for him. And he's a great ground ball pitcher. So he's kind of... He's kind of... uh, By high. He's kind of doing the same things that make Luis Castillo great. By high of Frankie Montas, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Okay. All right, so what, here's what we're going to do. Scott and I are going to step aside on the video portion of Fantasy Baseball today, 
and we'll stick around for a few more minutes on the audio portion to take you through Rick Porcello and Marco Gonzalez and Zach Davies and some fringy starting pitchers and some second baseman that I'd like to get some thoughts on if we have time for that and uh, maybe some emails, but it'll be about five minutes. All right, so thank you to our video uh, audience. We will talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball Today. Hello again, audio friends. Okay, Scott, I've got uh, four pitchers who are owned in 86% of leagues or more. Should they be? Mm-hmm. Rick Porcello, John Gray, Marco Gonzalez, and Zach Davies. Porcello, Gray, Marco Gonzalez, Zach Davies. I think uh, the ones I'm most skeptical of are Gonzalez and Davies. And obviously Davies had sort of a coming down to earth yesterday. He entered with a 154 ERA that he obviously couldn't sustain. But it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean he's bad. It's just really hard for the non strikeout pitcher to be effective in today's game. You know, he's he's thrown his changeup a lot more. That's his best pitch. Obviously not a best pitch in a swing and miss sense, but I don't know. I'm I I think he's been so good that it's hard to say he's not worth owning, but I don't really have like that's a sell high. I mean it's hard to do harder to do today than it was yesterday, obviously, but that's a sell high guy. Um, Zach, I actually Zach did Davies. drop Marco Gonzalez in the podcast league, the point twelve twelve team points league, yesterday, and kind of regretting it now. But the things that made him so good last year, when I say so good, you know, it still was kind of, you know, top good good in like a top forty sense. Um, you know, they haven't been there. The ground balls, the control, it's it's well, the control's been fine, but the ground balls and the strikeouts have been worse. Yeah, Marco Gonzalez has just had a brutal schedule. Uh, so, you know, it seems like every night, because I think Texas is pretty good. So I think his last five starts are the Cubs at the Yankees, at Boston, Minnesota, and at Texas. That's a really tough run. Next week is a two-start week for Gonzalez, Texas at home and the Angels on the road. No, te- both at home. I, I just I, I owned him last year. I owned him in a league this year. I feel the same way. I don't trust Marco Gonzalez against good teams. I think he'll be fine against, you know, average to below average teams. I don't know that a guy like that who doesn't strike out anybody is or enough people is really a must own. So I don't think you'll regret dropping him in the podcast league. I mean he'll he'll have his moments, but you know Yeah, you need a lot of pitchers in that league to win and it's people seem to know that because there's nothing on the wave wire. Or that's just the way pitching is right now. There's nothing on the wave wire. Yeah. Now there's Marco Gonzalez, true. so There you go. Two start yeah. Marco Gonzalez. <laughs> don't don't rub it in. <laughs> uh, and would you pick up any of these guys if you saw them available? Brad Keller, Aaron Sanchez, Jeff Samarja. So the one I think doing the most interesting things is Aaron Sanchez, who, stop me if you've heard this before, but he's getting a ton of swinging strikes. <laughs> 16 and 3 of his past <laughs> four starts. He's also walking too many hitters, uh, but he's kind of maximizing the effectiveness or like that that's that hasn't been his game in the past getting swings and misses ground balls okay uh but that's new for him and you know i'm i'm obvious i'm at least keeping an eye on it um you know the strikeout to walk rate still is pretty poor but it's something to keep an eye on the other two keller and samarj they 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 do nothing for me scott we're going to read four emails in 30 seconds are you ready yep okay beginning in 3 2 one now 
we need to know. Adam wants to know if you're getting closer to dropping Joey Votto in a 10-team league. Uh, yes, but I'm not there yet. Bill wants to know if he should drop Jesse Winker, Christian Walker, or Hunter Dozier to pick up Jordan Alvarez in a 10-team points league. Winker, Walker, or Dozier? Yeah, shallow league like that, it makes it pretty easy to drop Winker, who has not been playing that consistently of late. Would you drop from Heidi? Would you drop Derek uh, Greg Holland for Hector Neris? No. And from Dylan in the Detroit rebuild, would you drop or how worried are you about Nelson Cruz? Wrist injury? Um, it seemed like a borderline case he'd even go on the IL. So I'm not worried much at all. Okay, that was uh, 50 seconds. Totally, uh, totally good job there. Uh, not your fault. Way to go. Um, I slowed it down on the crazy. No, <laughs> we, that was, we were already over by the time I started reading it. Thank yeah. you for listening, everybody. We'll have a full cast of characters on tomorrow. I think there are 10 games today. So we should have some downtime to talk about, uh, you know, read some emails and talk about regression candidates and enjoy fantasy baseball chatter. For Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.